The Profit Constructors presents Construction Junction, the junction between accounting and construction. On this episode of Construction Junction, our host, Tanya Schulte, interviews guests attending the Scaling New Heights Conference. Join us to find out the word on the street from some of the top industry leaders. We are here at Scaling New Heights talking to Mark. He's one of the co-founders of NoFi. Welcome, Mark. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited. So tell us, uh, uh, before we even start kind of getting into talking about NoFi, I'd like to find out more about you. So tell us where you're from. Um, so that, that could be a very good trivia question. Uh, I am from this tiny country between Spain and France called Andorra uh, with only 80,000 people. And we have two of them today here. So it's kind of like, you know, big percentage of the population is already like attending this live podcast. And I came to the U.S. 12 years ago to study, you know, business school and, you know, I couldn't leave, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Good to know. So tell us, how did you get involved with NoFi? How did you come to be a co-founder of NoFi? What was the genesis of NoFi? So it was not by design. It was not on purpose. Uh, I, was, I found a job in Wall Street uh, working for a company that was doing something a little bit boring, you know, like data archiving for financial institutions. But in that business, I met Dan, the co-founder. And Dan had this idea of like building a mini business management software with his dad's money. You know, I thought, all right, I can join and do it with you. So we launched in 2015. And the funny thing that happened around that was that only, it, was only, it was for like professional services, right? So architects, engineers, interior designers. But after a few months of launching, only contractors would sign up for our trial. And that was like very strange. Obviously, what, we, what did we do? We called them up to ask, why did you sign up? What brought you here? And that's how Noify started. And interestingly enough, the very first time that we promoted Noify as Noify for contractors was at Scaling New Heights. 2015. So that's that's why we always come here and we are very excited to be here. That's awesome. 2015 would have been, I think, two years before I started coming to Scaling New Heights. I think I started coming in 2017. And the reason I started coming to Scaling New Heights was because someone from Noify, Taryn, contacted me and said, would you be willing to talk about Noify at Scaling New Heights? And I said, um, I don't even know anything about Scaling New Heights. And so I'm very grateful to you guys for having even reached out and invited me to come. So that was, that was a great year. I appreciate it. That's awesome. And I think that that's, that's, that's the value of the network, right? Like there's opportunity of like coming here together, like talking about things that might be business related or not business related, you know, like and, and building this like connection with the network that I think it's, it makes a difference. You know, like we learn and we make, for instance, Noify better because you will give us feedback or we will meet here and we will be talking about certain things, problems that your customers might have. I think that, that makes a difference. And I encourage everybody, anybody in the, I would say the accounting industry, or it doesn't really matter in any industry. If you really care about like, you know, seeing what's going on with apps, with technology, with people that advise other businesses, I think this is a great place to be. Yeah, I 100% agree. So tell us more about what is Noify bringing to the table for contractors? What makes it different? Um, so obviously, as we started by, not by design, but by contractors, like wanted to use Noify, we early on, we discovered that, and we, you'll hear this everywhere, right? My software is very easy to use. That's sometimes true, some other times not that true, right? So we wanted to create a software for contractors that they would be able to start using by themselves. No trainings, no webinars, no like six months onboardings. You know, these guys don't have time. You know, like, what, how, they, how will they spend like six months with us? We wanted something that they can just like go online, sign up and start by themselves. If they need our help, great. If we can help, great. If not, we may even offer like an advisor's help. You know, if they need like a more like in-depth, like workflow, like connections with QuickBooks online. But the idea was like, let's create something like simple to use that actually helps them with those things that are like very annoying. You know, like you will find many, many software for contractors that they do like the classic job site stuff, you know, like time tracking or like uploading pictures and comments. We do that, but that's not our focus. Our focus is like the annoying uh, office work. You know, those things that you don't want to do. I mean work, so we want to help with that. You know, like all these like progress invoicing, but the complicated one. 
the not so sexy like job costing, you know, like all these things, those are the things that actually excite us, you know, and those are the things that we actually want to do more. That's awesome. So when you're describing who your product is for, I don't think it's necessarily for the entire construction industry. What would you say your sweet spot is within that industry? That's a very good question. I can tell that you know the industry because some people will be like, oh, contractors, like anybody. Like, not really. There are like many, many, many different types of contractors. No, if I especially design for actually specialty contractors, you know, like the trades, the subcontractors, those that are working for a GC or working for like homeowners. And, and it's especially like, you know, like a good fit for those that have like a somehow complex business. If you have just one project at a time, you can just stretch it. If you have a couple of projects, you can use QuickBooks online and spreadsheet. If you have multiple projects, a few people in the office, you know, a few people in the field, and it's you know a growing contacting business, that's when we are a good fit. You know, that's when you actually can leverage the, you know, like this experience around OEFI of like managing the business from the from the office. That makes a lot of sense, and I think that one of the things that I've always been impressed with from the very beginning that you guys really know and get right is AIA style progress invoicing. What makes yours so good? I know that one of the things I'm just going to say that I think is impressive about it is that you understand what a G702 and a G703 are, what should be included on them and why, and how, what that's important. Why is that so important within your software? I mean, I guess that we are biased by our early customers, right? They were like commercial plumbers, actually, the first ones. And, and they were like very much into AI invoicing. And they were like, I wish you could help us with this process. It takes us like hours in the office. And by the way, if we make a mistake with one of these pay apps, we don't get paid until the next cycle. So for us, making a mistake with this invoice, it means like we're going to get paid like in 30 days or 60 days or like 90 days. And to us, was like, okay, we have to do something there. And obviously, emotion is not easy. You know, there are like many edge cases. The, the, the straightforward case is easy, you know, like, but when you have like a long schedule of values, many change orders, retainers has changed, you know, like we thought this has to be, you know, there has to be a way of doing this better. And I think that's, you know, we are very proud of that feature. I think that many people come to Noify just because of that. And the reality is that we still want to make it better. So we have a few ideas for the future. Okay, that I want to know more about, <laughs> but I'll let you talk about it whenever you're ready to talk about it. You also know, you and I have known each other for a number of years, and you know that one of the things I really value and appreciate is reporting. So tell us what you guys have already, because I think you have some great reporting, and then what's in store and on track for reporting going forward in the future in NOFI. Yeah, Tonya has been, you know, like providing a ton of feedback around reporting, which, I, which we appreciate a ton, by the way, because Noify is 100% built based on either customer or advisor feedback. You know, we didn't know much about the construction industry. I'm an outsider there. We literally build what people were asking for. Obviously, we adjusted the feedback, you know, to make it work for everybody. Uh, but reporting was always that piece that we knew it would be, you know, one of the biggest challenges because everybody does reporting a little bit differently. You know, I have my report it's like the very special report that I use for my business. And that, by the way, has been driving a little bit like the way that we want to do reporting in the future. We are, we've built a new advanced reporting API that will very soon help us actually create pretty much any report that you want to do. You know, like, because given that everybody wants a different report, we thought, all right, we have to give them a different report. How do we do that? With a very customizable reporting tool that will actually help you like, okay, this is my report, this is how I want to do it. I'm going to be, be very easily able to produce it for you. So that's like the future of reporting. Right now, thanks to Tonya, by the way, we've been improving a lot the work in progress report, which is one of the most important ones. You know, if, you're, if, you're, you know, like if your contacting business has like a decent size, if you have to work with like financial institutions funding your projects or like with certain like, you know, GCs that have like a very strong like, you know, like reporting requirements, that's already a very strong report, but we have a couple of extra ideas that will be coming up soon. I'm excited about those as well. Um, th one thing that I was thinking about as we were talking about all of that in terms of the reporting and what people ask for and feedback, if someone does come and they start using Noify, how do you guys handle feedback requests? How do you get information of feedback and how do you guys handle that internally? Usually what our main goal for that is where we, we will put you in touch with one of our like product experts and you already know Terry. Um, the idea there is that, okay, we want to chat with you. We want to understand the feedback. You know, we want to understand why is that important for you. Sometimes we discover when we gather feedback that, okay, we might not have exactly what you're looking for, but we have something that kind of like provides the same value. 
and you might be happy already with that. You know, in other occasions, we will actually discover things that we are missing. You know, and you will be like, all right, so I do need this because of that. And that's when we incorporate it into our like product roadmap, you know, and then we prioritize based on how many people ask for that, based on also on how many people in our customer base might benefit from that. And then when the time is right, we bring it to development, we better release it and we give early access to our, you know, like favorite users. And eventually it comes, you know, like it's, it's public for everybody else. But that's, that's a little bit of our process. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today, Mark. You know that I absolutely love Noify. I've been a big fan for many, many years. So I definitely uh, encourage all of our podcast listeners to definitely check it out, take a look. What's the best way for them to find out more about Noify? Um, we are an online business, like self-service, self-onboarding. So you can just go to noify.com and you will find us online. Or you know what? You can just search for like AIA invoice software and you will also find us. <laughs> awesome. Nice. Thank you so much. I am here at Scaling New Heights, and I'm talking to Manny with Growth Amplifiers. Manny, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Glad to be here. So uh, before we even dive into talking about Growth Amplifiers, let me just find out a little bit more about Manny. Um, where are you originally from? So I grew up in North Carolina, went to school at NC State, and uh, worked there for a couple years. And then I was in Atlanta for about 10, and then for the last 10 years, I've been down in Jacksonville, Florida. Cool. I love the Jacksonville area. I actually have some family in that area. Um, so, what do you have any hobbies? What do you like to do for fun? What do you enjoy doing for fun? So, I, I grew up a swimmer and uh, started playing water polo in college, and I've actually continued with that since then. So, that's one of the interesting things that a lot of people, they haven't typically seen water polo. Usually, when the Olympics come around, it's the only time that anyone understands what it is that I spend a lot of time working on. I love that. Uh, I want to talk about growth amplifiers. You and I got to meet here at Scaling New Heights last year. So what brought you and growth amplifiers to Scaling New Heights? So last year, you know, the conference was one of the only conferences that was around. And right before that conference, we had started deciding who we wanted to niche with. And one of the things that we saw is a lot of business owners starting to look to their accounts, their CPAs, because of PPP. And they were needing guidance. And we saw advisors and CPAs as someone that, you know, were... Um, had a lot of business owners that they worked with. And we thought that we could provide value to them and also help them connect to their business owners. Great. Um, what do you guys specifically do with accountants and business advisors? What is it that you offer? So what we offer uh, business advisors and accountants is a way to seamlessly and subtly guide their prospects and clients through doing business with them. You know, a lot of uh, CPAs and accountants have the traditional mindset of, I'm going to work with businesses that are around me. And with the pandemic and the way that you know business landscape has changed, you no longer can just work with people in your area. You've got to be flexible and be able to connect with other people. So we help them build strategies and frameworks so that they can do that in a way that's not salesy, but subtly you know, walks those clients through doing business with them in a way that they're getting a lot of value and they understand exactly how they can help them. Great answer. Um, one of the things I think that we were talking about last night when we were chatting is the whole idea of building an experience. And when I heard that from your team, I was thinking it's, it reminds me almost of like that Disney kind of feel, right? That is very hard to capture, but if any business can kind of help their clients, their customers from start to finish of, them, of their interaction with your business, find that experience level of working with one another, that's different than what a lot of businesses offer, and it's something special. How do you guys help businesses reach that level of, of working with their clients? So one of the first ways that we find about that experience is really digging a little bit deeper into why they're in business, why they do what they do, because it's not typically because they're good at numbers or that they enjoy the, the trades that they're doing. You know, there's a deeper meaning behind it. And when you can tap into that, you can start to really understand the, the brand, their beliefs, their values. And those are the things that are going to attract the type of people that want to work with them. And it's also going to repel the people that aren't a great fit. And in this economy that we're in right now, it, you know, attracting new talent is really important and retaining that talent is really important. And the more that you can get those values and, and your beliefs in every step of what you do, it's going to help 
not only your employees, your partners, your clients, everyone aligns better and it makes for a better business overall. That's, I love, <laughs> I, I really am enjoying listening to what you're talking about because again, there's that whole piece, I love that you brought in, it's about retaining good talent. A huge piece of what we do as small business owners obviously is impactful for our clients. But I feel like it should also be impactful for those that work for us and on our team. How do you guys help business owners work with their team? So a lot of times it's really bringing out those unique spots. Uh, sometimes we'll do workshops where we come in and part of the value journey, we'll do an audit where we look at the different parts of the value journey and say, how are we doing in this area? And the funny thing happens when you bring everybody that's on the team is that you get different perspectives. Everyone has blind spots and unless you have someone to highlight those things that you don't see, you don't know about them. So we've had um, sales teams that didn't know that there were marketing collateral that they could use that spoke to certain things that they needed to speak to. And then you have the marketing team not having the objections that the sales team knows about or maybe not knowing the, the great testimonials that they're hearing from their, their clients. So by bringing everyone together and communicating and understanding what the journey is and where there's points of excitement and places that we can bring the brand and the values and highlight them, it helps everyone out by being able to all work seamlessly together. I love that. So uh, if someone wanted to find out more about how they could work with growth amplifiers, what's the best way for them to do that? So the best way is to go to growthamplifiers.com and there's a start here button. And we've got, yeah, it's perfect. So it, it helps you build a baseline of where you're at and also look to see where you're going so that you can identify that gap and identify what's the first thing that you need to do to get the most traction to move towards your vision. Who would you say is your ideal client? We like to say it's someone that has uh, the attitude, expertise, and drive. So it's the attitude that they want to be the best, they want to be someone that serves and can make an impact in the world. They have the expertise to back it up, so they love what they do. They're you know, lifetime learners. And then they have the drive. They're actually going to do the things that they need to do or want to do to get where they want to be. So when we have that attitude, expertise, and drive, that's the perfect trio for us. Great, great answer. I love that. So if you are interested in working with Manny, please go, do go to it's growthamplifiers.com um, and find out more. Thanks so much for joining me, Manny. We are here at Scaling New Heights. I'm really excited to talk to my friend, Christine. We're to, we are together in a group called Roundtable. And this is actually the first time we've ever been able to meet in real life. So it's so fun to meet you and get to know you. Um, and I just wanted to chat with you a little bit and find out some things about why you're here. So I'm gonna hand the microphone off to you here in just a minute. But um, before we start like into scaling stuff, I'd like to find out a little bit more about you. Do you have any hobbies? So, I like to run, and I run um, mainly to keep my mental health up there, but, um, you know, it's also enjoyable, and I like to do the races with the runs and stuff like that, so, yeah. This is why I love asking those icebreaker questions, because I get to learn things that I never even really knew about people before. Um, do you have any favorite podcasts or books, things that you like to kind of learn from? Where's your, where's your best source of learning? I would say right now my best source of learning is the roundtable that we're in together. Um, there are a lot of excellent podcasts out there, a lot of great books that you can read too. Um, but the podcasts were becoming a little overwhelming to me. So I found that the roundtable is helping me focus a little bit more and get out of my comfort zone. It was because of the roundtable that I heard about scaling new heights and really wanted to come. So that's really been my source of inspiration this year. That's awesome. That's good to hear and good to know. Um, so let's dive off into that then. Like, What was your main reason or objective for coming here to scaling new heights this year? So I really wanted to come because everyone in Roundtable was talking about it and there was a little bit of um, you know, fear of missing out, FOMO, um, but I wanted to meet everybody in person as well. Um, I have been working a lot this year on getting my systems in place and processes in place to make things more efficient so I can grow and I knew that there'd be a lot of good information here, the vendors and in the sessions that I could learn and really I'm hoping take it to the next level now. 
That's awesome. So before you came, what was the one thing that you hoped to kind of take away from the show? So, like I said, I'm working on processes and things like that. And that's really um, the one thing that I want to take away is how can I implement these processes a little bit faster so I can get the onboarding done quicker and get to um, working on the clients and get to the next client, you know. No, that's a great thing. I always try to tell people who are new to coming, like, make, the, make it a goal and make sure that you find a way to make sure that that goal gets accomplished if you do nothing else at the show. I think it can be, I know because I've done this five years now, I think it can be overwhelming that first time you come. There's so much to see. The vendor floor is so full. The sessions all sound fantastic. All the speakers sound wonderful and you don't know how to pick. Um, so what has been kind of your strategy for making sure that you don't get a little bit overwhelmed here? Oh. I definitely felt overwhelmed when I looked at the schedule to begin with. Um, it was crazy because there's so much that I want to do, but I really had to take a step back and say, you know, you're working on processes. Yes, you want to get to advisory services. Yes, I do want to get into the construction junction roundtable and, and get into that, but I'm not there yet. So I had to really hold myself back and say, no, this is what we're working on. and. Uh, that's been a big, it's been a challenge, and especially as you walk the floor and people, you know, you talk to people, and I'm just, I'm like a, you know, horse out of the gate, but I'm, I'm just taking things slow so I can get this done right and, you know, move forward smartly. Yeah. That's, that's very smart. So now that you've done it and now that you're not really a newbie anymore, what's your number one piece of advice that you'd give to someone who's never been before that's maybe thinking about coming next year? Oh, I would say definitely do it. Definitely do make the investment. Um, I am a little bit smaller. It's just myself, solopreneur. So this was a huge investment for me to come, but definitely do it. And um, ahead of time, I did sit down and read through every session and I made a game plan and I'm pretty much sticking to it. Um, despite, you know, the, the squirrel in the room where I wanted, you know, learn more, but I'm sticking to my plan and I'd say do that. Just make the commitment come and then stick to your plan. That's great. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, Christine. It's been fun talking to you. Well, thank you for having me. Are you a construction accountant or industry advisor looking for a place to connect with peers and learn about the very latest in technology and systems to advance your business and serve your clients? Join us at the Roundtable Lab. Roundtable is a mastermind group and offers a specific group just for the construction industry. Check us out on roundtablelab.com. Well, I'm here at Scaling New Heights and I'm chatting with Justin of Reach Reporting. Thank you so much for joining us. So tell me a little bit about Reach Reporting. I'd love to know how did Reach get started? So Reach started out, I was in oil and gas and we, had a, we, we were on the NASDAQ, so we had this high-powered tech company, and we had money coming out our ears. Like, when they said they wanted an initiative, and they said, oh, you should do this or that, uh, they, would just, they would just give us some insane budget. Well, one of those things was to integrate an ERP, so we actually worked to integrate ERPs, and our budget was $250,000, and we had two failed attempts Thankfully, it was nothing to do with me. It was literally to do with the softwares. We had these two failed. So we spent half a million dollars just trying to get these softwares right. And, it, 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 you know, I kind of logged that. When I resigned in 2015, I, I, I kind of looked and said, okay, what, what does the industry really need? And I said, is there a way that we could provide some level of the same type of reporting or or Power BI, not Power BI tied together, but Power <laughs> a solution so that us normal people that don't have half a million dollars could afford it. And that was kind of the genesis of Reach. And Reach became something from that point and it has evolved dramatically. So that's interesting because you say it has evolved dramatically from that original sort of genesis of an idea. Where are you guys today, and who are you specifically serving in this industry? So, the evolution was a lot of fun, but I dragged my feet a little bit. 
So we were building a BI tool at the same time as all of the other BI tools in 2015. You know, there was like 50 startups. They're all, they're all, they've gone their own directions. But, but we built and we were approached by an audience of CPAs, CFOs, bookkeepers, pro-advisors. And, and these people came to us and they said, you are so close with this functionality and this functionality and this functionality to something that we could really, really use. If you just added this or that, this would be a game changer for us. And, and like I said, we were hesitant at first because, you know, you hear from two or three people and you don't want to just change everything. Well, it wasn't two or three people. It ended up being hundreds of different people that we talked to and they were all saying something similar. So we, we started to take the software and we started to literally say, and I mean, quite literally, we'd say, okay, now what? And then we'd go and say to 20 different people, now what? And they would all say this or that. And, and so we would build in consolidations or we'd build in you know, some uh, exclusions or some new functionality. And so, so when I say this was designed by the people, I mean, quite honestly, I was creating a BI tool because we listen so closely, because they know better than we do, times a million, we listen so closely and they've really designed out what reach is for them. And so now we have a solution that's become pretty neat. I love that story. Thank you for sharing. I have heard some amazing things about your software. Our firm has never actually used it. I'd like to know more about like what were the functionalities that people were asking for that you guys were able to turn around and build in that makes it so amazing for accountants and bookkeepers to use. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The classic one. Uh, and, and there would be, there still are billboards on the highways and they'd say, no more spreadsheets. And we were like, okay, so we don't know anything. We know that. But let's go to our hundred people. So here's what we're hearing from the industry. Is this really what you want? And they'd be like, what? Who told you that? Like, no, we never want to be rid of spreadsheets. They're, they're our favorite thing. So, so we said, okay, okay, okay. What if we could create a solution that contained spreadsheets, but also had live information coming into it? They were like, yes, and then do this, and then do this, and then do this. We were like, okay, okay, well, and then we could maybe do that. So it became this like collaborative project almost where, where people would come in and, and it would be stu dumb stuff like spreadsheets. Each of our metrics is built on a spreadsheet environment. And so there's this back end, this back end, uh, this user back end for, for the advisors where they can go and they can operate in this little spreadsheet land and build something for their client who is not in spreadsheet land. They're in a very different land. They need picture book land, but you can build it specific to their needs uh, and, and on whatever spectrum. So from as complicated as you want to as simple as you want, but you're building it all with that same powerful tool, which really, it feels exactly like a spreadsheet. So, and I love it because our podcast that we're recording for today, we're going to do this whole little montage, is about, it, it's specifically geared towards accountants who serve the construction industry and maybe some construction business owners as well who are interested in that accounting piece. So one of the things that one of my friends recommended Reach to me for the other day, and I think this is something that you guys accommodate for, that we've been having a really hard time accommodating for is a lot of our mid-market clients who have multiple divisions. Things are in QuickBooks by class. Um, and so being able to report by division or by class, how do you guys handle that? It's so fun. It actually is so cool. It's so clean. Because, because we, again, because it's spreadsheets, you can just put a filter on your column or a filter on your, on your row, and you can have all of the data that comes into that row follow that classification that you, that you put on it. So, so whatever it is, it's so cool. And what makes Reach really, really unique is once that's built, it's now, it's it, like you mold the clay into the way you want it, it stays that way. So. So then when you go to use that for your next client, you might say, oh, it'd be really cool if I had that report that I built for so-and-so. Well, now you can. Now you can grab that report, hit, hit um, save as template, apply it to company B, C, D, or E, you know, or, or all of them, and it'll automatically populate with their data. Now you might say, oh, okay, well, the classes are different. So then you'll just go and toggle the classes, but ultimately the work behind it, you don't have to do again. You're now 
Well, uh, the, the analogy we use is, is you go from really being a builder where every month you have to build the same dang report over and over and over. And it takes serious time to a curator. You're now curating this museum, this, uh, you know, backward looking data. You're, you're curating the information so that that information is, is exactly what you want it to be. Then, you're, then the hours that you spend, that you're billing for, that we all you know, bill for, they're spent doing really cool, powerful things instead of building you know, that you had to do last month. So when you just described that and you said it's really fun, I got all excited about the way you described it because when you described the functionality and how it works, I went, that's brilliant and amazing and so simple because as accountants, we're all used to working in a spreadsheet. We know how to filter by something in a spreadsheet. So the way that you're describing that and how it works makes just so much sense in an accounting brain. And then when we're sending those reports out to the clients, because you're like you said, they don't our clients now don't live in spreadsheet world. How do that how does that look if I want to hand a report out to a client and, and get some actionable data I can talk about with a client? So we follow a couple of principles very, very carefully. Uh, one of them is milk before meat. So, you know, I don't I don't even know where that phrase came from. But except maybe all of human nature. <laughs> but, but we start each report uh, with the milky stuff, the nice, easy to digest, I can handle it. And then we get into the yogurts, then we get into the applesauce, and then you, know, you work your way down to the meat, right? So each report follows that. Uh, and so as we focus on the milky stuff, it's the stuff that's not hard to take in. It's, it's, it's really easy to understand exactly what's happening. I can look at it for 10 seconds, and I know what the report's trying to tell me. But then if I want to look at it, if I have a minute or two minutes or five minutes to look at the report, I can. I can get down to the five-minute level and, and get that much more information. And then if I, want, if I have 10 minutes you know, to really delve into it, then I can get all the way down into the statements. But by that point, I've read the entire story. I know the storyline. I know what our ecosystem is doing. I know what the environment is, all that stuff because we started with the milky stuff right at the beginning. So that's, a, that's one really, really important thing that we follow. We, we feel like it's, it's absolutely critical to try to communicate information uh, at different levels. So there's, there's you know, it's, it's on a pyramid of, of complexity to take in. I mean, if I'm trying to tell you to stop the car, I could, I could tell you that uh, there's, there's a, a red light on the corner of 5th and Main, but that, that may or may not be useful to you. But if I say there's a red light ahead, you know, that's a lot, it's the same technical information, but it's a lot more digestible if I take it that way. So it's, it's, uh, it's little things like that that we feel are important. And then, frankly, we have our designers play with them. We have our designers look at it and say, okay, is this aesthetically appealing? Like, do I want to look at this? And, and, and actually, they think along that line of, you know, w w what's something we want to look at, but, but they also think in terms of sophistication. As a client, if I receive this, does it make me feel more sophisticated or less? And, and when we build it to make them feel more sophisticated, hey, a lot of things come on how we feel about, about stuff. And, and so we really, really try to make it really communicative, but also uh, uh, make their firm look really, or their company rather, look really sophisticated. Thank you so much for sharing more about Reach Reporting with us. Justin from Reach Reporting, tell us if... Uh, someone wants to know more about Reach and they'd like to reach out to you. I just thought of that. I'm brilliant like that. <laughs> who, who would have thought? No, but if they if they want to know more, how should they reach out to you? Yeah, thank you. Um, so definitely go to reachreporting.com. Um, that's Reach, just spelt like it sounds, R-E-A-C-H reporting.com. And uh, we love customer service. So uh, that little chat bubble down at the bottom right, there is somebody on there constantly. And we don't just put anybody because, because accountants ask the hardest questions ever. So we have to put like super power brains on there. So you are not getting a CSR uh, that, that was hired from an internship. You know, uh, you are getting somebody who really knows what they're talking about. So ask your hard questions. And, uh, but yeah, go to reachreporting.com and sign up and, and we'll get you set up. Awesome. Thank you so much, Justin from Reach Reporting. We appreciate you being here. Hi, we are here from Scaling New Heights, and I am sitting here with Brandon from Barron's ASG. You want to explain to us before we get any further into this, what does ASG stand for, Brandon? ASG is Accounting Success Group. It's the reseller arm of Barron's Incorporated. 
Okay, awesome. So, and that's how you and I kind of got to know each other and uh, wound up working together. So I'm going to hand the microphone over to you. I'm going to go ahead and have you take it. Tell us all about... <laughs> it is a little dangerous. You are correct. Tell us all about Barron's. Like I said, I know you guys, there you have the reseller arm, which is what I participate in. So I'd like to know, I'd like, you know, other people to know how they can participate in that. But also, what is all of the things that you guys do? So... Barron's is a family business, three generations of QuickBooks Pro Advisors. So mom and I started the business 19 years ago. And Kylie started working with us when she was 14 and got certified when she was 14 uh, in QuickBooks Online shortly after it came out. Uh, we do and have always done QuickBooks training, consultation, and really that's how we started out. So I learned QuickBooks from... Doug Sleater and Joe Woodard off of VHS cassette tapes in the VCR. So we've been doing it for a little while. Uh, so mom is still 51% owner because she's got C her CPA license, but I've since taken over as the president. Uh, we accidentally started selling payments uh, back in 2005, 2006, right after Intuit purchased Innovative Merchant Solutions and started getting into the payments industry. Intuit phased their indirect payment sales out and forced me into the QSP program. It was then called the IRP program. And by saying they forced me, I, I mean, I was very angry about it, but it was one of the best moves that we've made. So uh, fast forward, we turned that into a, an affiliate type program that you're in now. Uh, we formalized the program and that brings us up till today that where we're reselling in, a, in the QSP program or QuickBooks Solution Provider program, uh, reselling all the products and services that Intuit offers. So QBO, desktop, enterprise, payments and payroll, and trying to help other bookkeepers and practices uh, make a commission as well. And then it's a win-win for everybody. And then we can also offer better pricing than people can get through Intuit Direct. So uh, the customer wins as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. You mentioned Kylie. She's your daughter, right? So that's the third generation in the business. Um, what is her role now within that QSP program? So Kylie, really, she takes care of everything. Actually, she is the manager. She takes care of all the partners. So uh, anybody, so we've also got an MSP program for managed service providers. But Kylie manages all the, uh, all the partners. So if they have a question, concern, they need whatever they need, uh, they will come to her, and then if she needs if she needs support, I try to give that to her. But uh, yeah, she takes care of all of our partners. Fantastic. So you guys in the reseller program, you kind of delved into this. I'd like to explore a little bit more so people really understand what it means to be a reseller. There's um, metrics that you have to meet in order to be a part of that program. Is that correct? That is correct. So there are quotas, and I don't remember exactly now. It was five thousand per calendar year. Uh, and, well, that's not a lot. There's some people that are having trouble hitting it. Um, most people don't want to be confined to a quota. And even the people that are hitting the $5,000, uh, it's actually in your best, financially in your best interest to partner with somebody like us because you'll actually make more money uh, because you get more credit for being in a higher tier. Uh, currently, we are uh, in the executive tier. That's one tier below the um, elite tier. Uh, we're on track to do probably a one and a quarter million this year. So we'll be in the elite tier well before the end of the fiscal year. Yeah, I think that's a really important point if someone's interested in that partner program because, like you mentioned, it's not necessarily easy for a small firm like ours. We only have a staff right now of three. So it's not necessarily easy for a small firm like ours to enter that QSP program. But because we partner with you guys, we're able to be a part of that for the things that we're already interested in selling to our clients anyway. So we might say to them, hey, if you're going to move on to QBO, let us sell you that through the reseller program. If you need to um, start doing payroll, let us go ahead and work with you and sell payroll, payment services, like you mentioned. Um, what other things do you guys also offer uh, with through ASG? So through ASG, the, other, the, the huge thing for us is when we sell a product, say it's uh, QuickBooks Online or whatever it is, uh, We've, we've got a customer that needs 
uh, construction support for, through somebody like you is we've got somebody that we can say, hey, Tanya, why don't, you, why don't you take over this customer? We don't have the expertise. Or Linda, who's got the uh, legal uh, niche down that we, we can send that customer over and know that they're going to be taken care of as, as we're not just handing somebody off blind, not knowing whether what kind of support they're going to get. So uh, for us, it, it's, it's leads that we can give you uh, or and or a, a QuickBooks Online or QuickBooks Desktop Sales. So uh, those are the other things as well as payments. So recurring residuals, uh, when you sell payments, then you get a, a portion of all of their credit card sales back. So that's become a huge... Uh, income stream for some of our partners as well. And to me, because I've always been, and you know this about me, Brandon, I've always been more about what can I give back to our clients by participating in the program. One of the things that I absolutely love that you guys have been able to offer to our clients is we have sort of an inside track now. So if we have sold them something, if we are listed as a reseller of record on their account, if they are having some kind of issue with any of their accounts, we're able to kind of bring that back to you guys. And you and Kylie have been great at helping us to find the right person within Intuit to talk to, or maybe sometimes you guys are able to offer some assistance and just help us get those situations resolved for our clients. Yeah, so one of the things, and this is actually new news, I think, for you, but so we've been offering support for, uh, for our partners. So if we're having trouble with a particular feature or something's not working right, then we've got an inside track, right? We've got people in the payments department or strings that we can pull. Now, Intuit has just offered us tier two, tier three tech support, assuming we're going to do our own te tier one tech support, right? So uh, most of us, we know QuickBooks Online and we can offer tier one tech support like we always do anyway, but we don't have to go back through tier one tech support, redoing the same things that we've always done. So now through our partnership, you guys have access to tier two and tier three tech support uh, without having to waste a lot of time on the phone, going through the same additional steps that we've already done. So that's, uh, in my opinion, that's worth its weight in gold if we didn't offer anything else. So I, I love having those kind of resources, the people that we need to call on at Intuit to make that happen. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just the other day, I had an issue that wasn't even actually for one of our clients, but I reached out to Kylie and said, hey, someone just contacted me out of the blue. Uh, they understand that we work with constructions, why they came our way, but they had a payments issue. I reached out to Kylie and it, that was solved within about 24 hours. So it's nice to be able to partner with someone who is able to help us, even when it's not a client. And, and to me, that's about paying it forward, giving back to the community, and all of that stuff always comes back around to you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Brandon, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Is there any, tell us if someone's interested in learning more about how to be a part of that reseller program with you guys, what, what should they do? The easiest thing to do is go to the website, baronsinc.net, B-A-R-1-R-O-N-S-I-N-C.net slash ASG for Accounting Success Group or for an MSP slash MSP. Uh, and they can reach out to us there or they can email Kylie, K-Y-L-E-E, at baronsinc.net. Awesome. And just for anybody that doesn't know, what's MSP stand for? That's managed service providers, so IT, uh, IT professionals. That's that's something that I, I knew about because you and I have uh, actually sent you an MSP referral, but I think that's a really cool thing that you guys actually have a reseller problem that's specific to MSPs. And I know I just said, great, thanks, we're almost done. But I do want to highlight on that because that's something pretty unique that, you know, the referral that I sent you, he was very excited. He is, as an IT professional, he's also in the business of recommending things to his clients all the time. So to be able to be able to sell that to them and maybe get a residual from that, that's another added benefit on the MSP side. Yeah, absolutely. Most IT companies, uh, MSPs, they really don't like QuickBooks and they don't know the product solutions, the offerings that we have. So the benefit that we have on the MSP side uh, very different from the ASG side because you know QuickBooks and what products your customers need to be on. A lot of IT guys don't know what product they need to be on. So the way that it works is you send the lead to us, uh, do a warm handoff. We'll talk to your customer for you on the MSP side, right fit the customer to the QuickBooks product they need to be on. And then we turn it back over to, to the MSP or the IT professional to provide security, the managed service providers, the things that they know about instead of... So, we know the QuickBooks product, you know what you do, and then we, and everybody wins. So they still get a commission, we still get a commission, and the customer's on the right product. 
I love it. Thanks so much, Brandon with Barron's. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm very excited to be talking with Andrew Wall, someone that I've known for quite some time um, online, mostly. We kind of hang out at these conferences, and um, I'm... I always watch your Friday Night Live session, so I, it's exciting to be here standing talking with you. Oh, so thanks for joining me. I, I appreciate you watching the show, and, and uh, it is amazing how many connections that we've built uh, online, and we were a community that were doing that before COVID, but thank God we had this online community during COVID, right? It's, we built friendships with people, with professionals, with peers who are all around the world, like all across the country. I have friends in Australia, I have friends in the UK, um, and that connection with people is so valuable to me mentally first and foremost but also um, financially from the value that it's added to my business and my practice um, finding this community and finding people like you um, has been absolutely incredible for me I, I love the point that you made about like there there's a real community feel every time that you come to the conference, but also we carry that forward all through the year online and in, and you know on shows like yours. Well, that, it's funny, like that's that's how my show started. Is um, basically I was at a conferences uh, and I was shoving mics into people's faces to talk with them, and we had so much fun doing that. I think we did one where we had. Uh, Sasan uh, and Brad Smith who were on our thing and it just like we had so much hype and so much energy that we almost wanted to keep that going um, and it was really founded by Michael Lee uh, and Hector Garcia they'd done a couple before the show but then after the show we were like we really just wanted to keep this energy and this momentum going um, and it was just a way for us to like hang out and do what we do here at home and keep the energy and that buzz of our community going throughout the rest of the year. Uh, if you want to build connections, friendships, and and have other people who will open up the kimono and share with them, you know, not only the things that are going great, but the things that aren't going so great. And oftentimes that's where you learn the most, right? If you can, if you can learn from someone else's failure and not make that same mistake, that is priceless. I, th I love what you said about that as well, because one of the things that uh, Richard Ropa and I've been talking about quite recently is, we, especially in this last COVID era and where we're really just only seeing people online and on, um, you know, on Facebook and social media, we see a lot of what they are just putting out there. We don't really get to see them one-on-one. -on -one. And when we come to Scaling New Heights, I feel like that's where people tend to open up just a little bit more yeah. and share like, this is really what I'm struggling with. Here's something else I, I need to know. Uh, and again, that, that sharing is caring. And then you get to like chat about those things because you're face to face. It's a little more open. Right. And you know, unfortunately social media isn't the place where you share your vulnerabilities. Right. Um, right. And, and people are willing to share those vulnerabilities. They're just probably not going to put that on the internet, <laughs> um, which is understandable. Right. So I think you have to understand that when it comes to social media and connecting, uh, you are still getting a glimpse, a short picture. And it's the picture that they're choosing to present, uh, which is usually going to be best foot forward. It is very rare. It's not, it doesn't, it does happen where people will come out and say, I've had a tough week. I've, you know, and, and, and how many, we all know when we see those posts, everyone is like, raise that up, like, 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 share, share, share. And there probably needs to be more of that. But truthfully, most of us probably aren't going to lean to social media to share that vulnerability first, but we will over a beer at the bar, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you want to find out more about Friday Night Live or all the things that you're doing, where can they find out more about Friday Night Live? Um, so we're on Facebook. So it's Friday Night Live with Accountants. You can just search uh, on Facebook and you should find us. And uh, of course, you can just Google Andrew Wall and I come up all over the place. Awesome. Great. So there'd be more community happening on Friday Night Live all the time. Absolutely. And, and what we do, which is, I think, a little bit unique about Friday Night Live is we bring on uh, amazing speakers like yourself uh, to come and, and with the community but after the the live is when the fun happens uh so we open up the room it's, it's usually a small group of us um and we just you know we commiserate we have some drinks we talk to the wee hours in the morning uh and we hang out and there's a, a group of us that are there every week um and everybody's welcome um we would love to have you come hang out with us um and you know just shoot the shit fantastic thanks so much andrew i really enjoy hanging out with you the Construction Junction prides itself on bringing you the best in the industry. If you would like to share your company or product by being a guest on our show, please email hello 
at theprofitconstructors.com. So it's been about a month and we're back from scaling new heights. And Tanya, thanks for asking me to, to talk with you about all the things and, and uh, all the happenings at Scaling New Heights. You've been to quite a few, haven't you? Yeah, I think this was actually my fifth or sixth. I'm trying to remember when was the first one I went, it was like 16 or 17. So yeah, about half a decade. I've been trying to figure it out for myself as well, how many I've been to. And I honestly don't know. I, um, I think I started at Scaling New Heights too, at, which was in Georgia. I didn't go to the Bahamas. Uh, and I, I didn't go during COVID times, but I've been pretty much a mainstay at all the, all the others. In fact, I think we met at Scaling New Heights for the first time, didn't we? Yeah, absolutely. I think the very first scaling that I went to, I was, of course, drawn to that clock shark booth. And there you were. And that's right. That's right. I think I even have a picture of the first time that we met. I'll have to dig that out for this for this podcast. Yeah, um, so what are your favorite memories of scaling new lights? It's hard to have like just one, right? I think for sure, one that always stands out to me is from that first scaling new heights. That was, uh, so I, Joe Woodard could probably tell us which year this was. It was the year of the Yeti. So it was uh, a lot going on. I'm thinking 17, but I could be wrong. It could be 16. Anyway. They blend. Years? They blend but for me. The whole adventure, it was like this adventure theme, right? And so in on the first night, we did the big social and they had like the rock climbing wall. And I think there was a zip line. And so just like watching, you know, uh, Caleb and Joe and all these people I was just meeting for the first time. And actually at that social also, I was there um, Noify had actually asked me to come, um, but I didn't know anyone personally in the community. I'd begun to sort of make inroads on Facebook groups and my face and my name were out there, but I'd never met anyone in person. So I was walking across the floor, the vendor floor, and Tiffany Stewart from Canada was walking the other way. And I was like, familiar face. So I just yelled out, Tiffany. <laughs> and she turned around and really took me under her wing. And we just hung out the whole weekend and became good friends. Oh, that was one of my very best first experiences of learning that this is such a giving and generous and caring community. I, I, I've had so many of those moments as well, where it's meeting people for the first time that you know really well. Mm-hmm. You may know them from, uh, like, I know people from Roundtable, but when I see them for the first time in real life, uh, what what's funny in my experiences I can always tell the look of you're shorter than I thought you were it's the oh hi nice to me <laughs> to be here I knew that's where you were going so true it is it is um and I just love that look because I know it instantaneously uh but I I have had the same experience where I, I know people from online, I know people from the community, I know people from Roundtable, but seeing them in real life, it's so three-dimensional, I guess, is, is the way to put it. Seeing people three-dimensional is so different than uh, just seeing them online, and it's a completely different experience. My, my favorite part of Scaling New Heights, it's probably different from yours. I tend to hang out in the vendor areas, so I love being in those vendor areas because it's where everybody ends up at some point. So that's kind of where I live. I think this scaling, I spent the whole time there. What about you? Where, where are your favorite places to hang? Yeah. Um, interestingly enough, this scaling, I probably spent much more time there than I have in the past because we were filming up, you know, pieces for this podcast. Right. Spending a lot of time in that room. And I love the energy that happens in there. Even this year was great because even when some of the sessions were going on, they weren't closing it down. And so I know. there was a lot of good movement and energy happening in that room most of the time, which I really appreciated. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think especially this year also, of course, this was a special year for so many of us because during COVID, many of us didn't get to see each other in person during conferences, which we're used to doing. So this year, for sure, 
where I wanted to hang out was where the people were, right? Like just to see the community, to have that face-to-face -face experience again. Um, yeah, just any place where the people were warmed my heart this year for sure. And that's always been one of my favorite things about Scaling New Heights is getting together with the community, having some time to just sit down around a table and have a couple drinks with people you haven't seen maybe. And in this case, sometimes two years, um, maybe two and a half years and just really reconnect and find that similarity again. I, I can't agree more. I, I, I love being that where, where people are, um, because it's, it's, it's invigorating. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I must've walked past you a hundred times. And every time I walked past you, it was either a wink, a nod, a, a, a nudge or a hug. And you get that from all the people that you see all all the time. It's 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 really wonderful. It's also a great great way to catch up with people that you're sort of acquainted with, but you want to get to know more. I mean, I I met my closest friend Stacy Kildall. I met her at Scaling New Heights for the very first time. I'll never forget it. It was a, it was it was in Las Vegas, and it was after midnight, and it was at a poker table. Where where I met her, yeah, it was a it's a great experience. Um, so this year, though, specifically, did you have any favorite moments? This year specifically, I have to say again, because of that feeling like we were had been apart for so long, um, having those times where I could just sit. Like I remember one time, I just was walking past uh, one of the uh, one of the lounges I'm just trying to think of the name the word lounge I was walking past one of the lounges in the hotel and I just happened to look over and see that there were a couple of my friends sitting there having lunch and so I just walked in and they asked me to join them and just sat down so that was sweet and special but I think um you know just those little intimate moments are, are great but I think my favorite moment really there was one and I feel like every scaling new heights there's that one moment where you're like, this is really what I needed to come here for. And for me this year, it was the segment of main stage, which is interesting because typically I don't find those moments in main stage. It's just my personal thing. I don't typically find them, but this particular segment was Inky Johnson. When Inky Johnson got up and spoke, that was so powerful and so moving. And then there was the awards were happening in that same section. And several of my friends and people that I know and love were being awarded in the top 10 pro advisors of the year. So I think there was just something magical about hearing this super inspirational speech from Inky and then watching good friends of mine go up and take their awards and, and having made it into that space where they are. I don't know, for me, that was just super magical. It is really awesome watching people that you love get awards, be recognized for their achievements and uh, all the things that they're doing with the community. Yeah. And yeah, those are those are some of my favorite moments as well. Yeah. So obviously you've got big reach with lots of people and you talk to people all the time. So I'm sure that people ask you, well, you know, I, I've never been, what should I do? What do you recommend for new people? Yeah, I do get asked that more and more. And I'm going to pass on some really good advice that um, Laura Redmond's partner, Victoria, she partnered with her on Aero Workflow. She passed on to me my first scaling, that first scaling where I was. I was very excited because we had just decided that we were going to work with their product. And so I was hanging out at their booth and chatting with them about it. And I was happy to talk to her. And I said, oh, I have to get off to the next session right now. I'm going to miss the next session. And she said, can I give you a little piece of advice? I said, sure. What is that? She said, make sure you take some time to go back to the room and put your feet up. And that was actually some of the best advice that I'd been given because after she expanded on it even a little bit more, it wasn't even so much about get some rest, which I think is important. It was also about take some time away from the conference to think about the things that you're learning. So it was all of her advice really was get some rest, but be focused in your learning and think about which sessions are you going to consider what you're going to be getting out of those sessions, and then also take some time away to go 
really focus on that piece of learning before you go to the next thing. Dang, that's insanely wise. Um, you know, I, I was that person first year. I was in every class doing all the things. And I came home with this big notebook of stuff to do. And I didn't do one thing until I unpacked a year later so that I could repack to go to the next scaling. Yeah. And I was like, oh, here are those notes. Yeah. Um, and I, I've learned over the years, figure out what you're there for. It's a big investment in time, energy, effort, all the things. Figure out why you're going. What do you want to get out of it? Focus on that. Yeah. Because if you can walk away, it's not about walking home with 50 takeaways and 6,000 things to do because nobody's going to do that. It's about going home with ideas and concepts and being able to put them into action. Yeah. And really, truly make a difference in your practice. And what, end, what ends up happening for, for some new folks is they do exactly what I did. Yeah. And then they go back and they rinse and repeat. And it takes them two or three set, two or three times before they're like, okay, why am I here? Right. Which it did for me. Yeah. I had a very similar experience, but what I realized was I did come back and do some things. I tried to do all of the things. And so I realized that I was only successful at really changing and making implementation of about one to two things, every scaling new heights. So it wasn't that I didn't unpack the notes. It was that I was rereading the notes over and over and trying to do everything. And not only was that taxing on me, it was horrible for my team, the people that that we're working for and with me, right? Because- Oh, were you giving them all kinds of new, uh, okay, we're gonna do all these new things. Yeah, we're going to use this new program and that new program and we're changing how we work with clients and we're gonna, you know, and we're, you're no longer gonna email that, you're gonna have Slack messages, you know, all of these things that I wanted to implement all at once. And it was ridiculous. And I realized that rather than implementing all of the things I needed to find the one or two things that were going to make the most impact for our firm and just run with that. And once I, once I determined, okay, I'm not here to change everything about my firm, because frankly, there are a lot of things about our firm that have been good from the start. Right. So it wasn't that I didn't, that I needed to completely revamp everything about the firm. It was about, okay, I know that every year I can learn something that will be impactful what are going to be those one or two things that will be impactful, make a difference and help us move forward in a better direction and still keep being the amazing firm that we truly have been all these years. Yeah, that's fantastic. You also uh, started your relationship with Noify and Clockshark and some of the other uh, apps that you're, you're very well known uh, for, for promoting. And those relationships came about directly from conferences like Scaling New Heights, right? Absolutely. And I'm going to go back to something I said earlier that I think is so important about these conferences. That's so true. And I already truly loved their apps and their technology. And I'd had conversations with people at both of those apps prior to my first Scaling New Heights. In fact, yeah. um, you know, Taryn at Noify is one of my uh, very good friends this, these days. He and I share a birthday, which is something that's so that's been fun. I also had all, I had talked to Luke over at Clockshark multiple times and he had been very helpful in helping get some clients set up on their system. And so we already had built those inroads. I had talked to them. I don't know that we'd even necessarily been doing Zoom things at that point. It wasn't such a big Zoom world back then. Yeah. Maybe we had, maybe we hadn't, but getting to that first Scaling New Heights and meeting those people in person is really, I think, what solidified the relationship I've been able to build with those apps. Having face-to-face -face conversations with them and being able to say, I love your app. Here are some things I would love to see it do. Oh, here's some people I think you, you should meet. Here's some people that need to know about your app. Like just being able to do all of that type of thing face-to-face -face makes a world of difference. I think it's, it, there, there's something so important in what you're saying. You're also developing a relationship with a human at that app, knowing that, if you ever need them, you can reach out and go, hey, hey, Luke, need some help. 
and they're going to jump on it because they they have a relationship with you. Not that other apps won't, but you're gonna you're you're gonna be at the top of the line. Yeah, and I think I I come from this construction background. And I've heard this kind of, there's a term that's been very much out to pasture. Nobody wants to hear this term anymore. It's the good old boy network, right? But the truth of the matter is there's a, there's a kernel of truth in that, which is people want to do business with people that they know and people that they like. And at the end of the day, every human interaction and transaction is ultimately about relationship. Yeah. And so getting together at these types of conferences and building those relationships is where the magic happens. Keep saying the word magic. I'm, I'm stuck on it. It's Christmas time. Abracadabra. With magic. Today. We're gonna go with magic. Okay. Um, well, I think you know what I think that's those are all the questions that I have. You've given some good flavor to what scaling new heights is about, favorite moments. Anything else you want to add? No, thank you so much, Richard, for just joining me and chatting about this. I think one thing I will add, I just said no, but one thing that I will add. I want to thank you personally for, again, being a part of that first Scaling New Heights. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that meeting you there and then being able to be a part of your roundtable group and, and doing some one-on-one -on -one mentoring coaching with you, that has probably had just as great an impact as all of the conferences had and probably a lot more. So I really, really appreciate and value you uh, and the roundtable group. The roundtable is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, sincerely, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that. You, though, and all the members do the heavy lifting. I always say it. So I just want to be the guy behind the curtain, pulling the strings, pushing the buttons, doing all those things so that you can make the magic happen. Um, Donnie, thanks. Thank you for, for uh, having me do this today. I really appreciate it. You're, you're always a pleasure to work with, talk to, and Thank you for being a dear friend. Well, thank you. I same right back to you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Construction Junction. To find out more about the junction between accounting and construction, please email hello at theprofitconstructors.com.